I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Whitney Elkins Hutton. Uh, Whitney is the Director of Investor Education at PassiveInvesting.com, host of Passing Investing Made Simple YouTube show and podcast, and a partner in over $800 million in real estate. Um, Whitney was on the show previously, so I'll say thank you for coming back, Whitney. I'm really, really excited to talk to you again. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, why don't you just give us maybe a, a, a little bit of your background um, so people that are, if they're just picking up now and haven't listened to the last one, although they should, it was very good, uh, tell us a little bit of your background. And then um, I, I know we have some kind of cool new things to talk about today, so I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, the, as you said, I'm the director of investor education here at PassiveInvesting.com. And what I get to do is um, I get to talk to investors all day long about the powers of pass, uh, passive investment and helping them attain their goals in cash flow growth, equity growth, um, tax benefits, and diversification. Um, I used to be a director of investor, uh, excuse me, uh, investor relations. So I'm very familiar with the ins and outs and of the raises and all, all the details that it goes into to put together these general partnerships. Uh, spent a few years in in that seat, um, but I didn't start off like that. I didn't. I don't have a degree in real estate. I started off as an accidental landlord back in 2002 and bought a house with a significant other. Relationship fell apart. Um, the house and all the bills were under my name, and uh, I got you know a little paranoid. What am I going to do? And so I stuffed the house full of roommates and who didn't mind living in a construction zone and bought the Home Depot 123 book because YouTube didn't exist back then <laughs> and learned how, taught myself how to rehab a house. And 11 months later, I realized I made more in um, rehabbing this house and repositioning that house than I did at my day job where I was traveling upwards to 80 hours a week sometimes um, doing disease investigations. And so... I was working in public health and so I was bitten by the real estate bug and did several more flips, you know, what they call live-in flips on my own, you know, taking advantage of the 121 tax exclusion for, um, you know, primary residences. So rehab the home, trade up, do it again, you know, um, but I couldn't realize, I couldn't figure out how to like unlock those golden handcuffs with passive income. And it wasn't until somebody said, hey, why don't you hold on to one of those rentals and put a renter in it? I'm like, oh, brilliant idea. <laughs> why didn't I think of that? Um, and then, you know, that that's when it was off to the races. Um, my husband and I, we scaled a portfolio of thir over 30 single family rentals, still doing several flips a year, and then eventually transitioned into um, buy and hold multifamily real estate, both actively and passively. And um you know, I, I scaled both sides of the portfolio when I realized I could use my personal holdings um, to be like a little ETM to build up my passive income so I could get those five freedoms in life that I so desire. Like not only just 
time freedom or financial freedom, but time freedom, freedom of choice, freedom of location, freedom to make an impact. So that's what I do today. That's what I'm passionate about, um, you know, sharing people with people, but also helping them replicate in their own lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, it is really kind of fascinating when you when you hit that point where you realize the the power of, I mean, whether it's active or passive, but that power of real estate and, and specifically on the passive side, just how do I, it almost becomes like an obsession of like, how do I, now for me, it's like, how do I get to that point where, where I legitimately could just be, you know, we could live off that, right? It's just like totally off of passive income. It's so tax advantaged and, and it's called passive because you don't actually have to do anything for it. You've already, you've done the work, you put in the time. Now you use that money to sort of grow your wealth from there. So, so uh, I, I am equally passionate about that. I, I think it's an extremely important thing to have those opportunities out for, for people. Um, what are you, what's new? What have you been focused on lately? You know, for, you know, myself personally, just, um, you know, you know, continuing to grow our portfolio in a stabilized way, um, you know, risk mitigated way as we kind of work our way through this choppy water environment that we're in. Um, you know, really paying attention to that any asset that we invest in, you know, has capital preservation to it, cash flow, equity growth, uh, tax benefits, multiple ways that I can get paid, right? And, and it has a clear plan for growth over time. Um, you know, professionally, you know, we're focused on, you know, providing those exact same assets to our investors. Um, one of the cool things that I love right now in the space we're in is building out a car wash, express car wash portfolio portfolio of about 250 to 300 locations over the next five years. So it's such a booming industry. Um, it's, it's growing lightning fast and it really has like the, under, the likeness of the fundamentals of self-storage about, you know, 10, 12 years ago. So that's, that's, you know, something we've been focused on right now. What, what is it about them? I mean, I, I, you know, you say that the fundamentals of self-storage 10 or 12 years ago, I assume by that you're talking about, you know, sort of it's, it's mom and pop owned. And, and so the, the opportunity to, to sort of upgrade these to a more, um, I guess <laughs> today's, today's sort of operations, but well, what draws you to that? What, it, what do you find appealing about moving into car washes? Yeah, it's, it's a, uh, well, first of all, it's an industry with a lot of runway to it. It's a $33 billion industry and growing. Um, and it has a very stabilized base, like customer base. Why? Because most Americans have cars and most Americans don't wash their cars in their driveways. They go to a car wash and when they go to the car wash, they, they want to be in and out very quickly. So there's actually, you know, you know, four different types of car washes and, you know, we are focused on a very specific kind, but let me cover the other ones. So people really kind of understand. And that is you have your DIY car wash, right? You kind of pull up in a bay and you drop your quarters in and you get your hoses out and scrub brush and you wash your own car in somebody else's driveway, essentially. Right. Or then you have your in-bay automatics. Those are attached to like self-service gas stations. Um, but the problem is if you're two or three people back in line, you're probably going to bug out and go do something else. Um, so they're not very effective at getting multiple cars through a day in a very timely manner. So they're not very scalable you know, they're great for, you know, as an extra income stream for that gas station. 
Then you have your full service gas station or sorry, car washes where you pull up, there's an army of people that vacuum your car. It goes through a short, say 30 foot tunnel, you know, and then at the end, somebody, you know, army people wiping down your car, cleaning out the inside. Um, those can take, get a lot of people, a lot of cars through a day, but they're not very scalable because of the large overhead associated with them. And so the sweet spot really is this express tunnel car wash. So uh, I know that people have seen them pop, pop up more recently, but you, know, you have a large bay of vacuums for the person you can come in, they may, might vacuum their own car or you can pay extra to have somebody do it. It goes through a long tunnel where every aspect of cleaning the exterior of that car is handled. You know, the, the pre-wash, the wash, um, all the wax, the tire shine, everything gets you know, provided in that tunnel. And we can even modulate based on what that person's subscription is that they purchased, you know, what kind of wash they get. Uh, and then, you know, it's also dried at the end of the tunnel and the person like, you know, just, you know, the customer just dries away after that. Um, so we're really focused on that express tunnel car wash because there's scalability. So that's another thing we like at the space. You can get four to 500 washes a day and only have about two to three full-time employees. Um, but most of these car washes like that are owned, like you said, by mom and pop owners. Um, they got into the space, you know, you know, all starry eyed thinking, oh, great, this is a great way for me to grow my investment portfolio. And lo and behold, they were able, never able to step away from operations unless they got five to 10 locations and were able to hire a regional manager to get them out of operations. So we're, we're consolidating. This is one of the, the kind of value adds to the business is that we're able to consolidate, um, you know, these, these purchases, these acquisitions from mom and pop owners. But the only way you can successfully consolidate is if you're able to solve third party, party management, because there is no third party management for car washes, um, express tunnel car washes. And so we actually saw this opportunity. We're like, hey, we can build this business. We've done it before. Um, and so we are essentially taking what we've done in our self-storage business um, from a technology standpoint, scalability standpoint, and applying all of those lessons learned to build our own car wash um, third-party management company. Now you have an asset that um, you can not only scale through operations and acquisition, but now it's more attractive to private equity, large private equity companies, REITs, because they don't want to manage assets. Mm -hmm. They want to clip coupons, right? Yeah. Um, they want to place it with managers. So now we have like, um, you know, some higher, pro, you know, larger exits in mind, um, even to the point where we could IPO this if we would like. And so that's really where kind of a lot of the value added is in the space. Um, there are other operators out there um, in that are doing ground up development, which we will too. Um, but they're probably operating through a franchise model, which, you know, for me as an investor, makes me a little nervous because I don't, you know, do they own the land and do they own the brand associated with that car wash? And more oftentimes than not, the answer is no to at least one of those questions, if not both. And that really adds a lot of risk to that investment for an investor. Um, fine if you're the operator, totally fine if you're the operator, but a passive investor you know, I want to make sure the operator has end-to-end -end vertical control over the entire asset. That's fascinating. So you're, are you, is this a, you know, personal portfolio thing or you're syndicating this? Um, at PassiveInvesting.com, we're scaling a 250 to 300 unit 
or locations um, to build a portfolio of this. And yes, I have you know participated in in this group of investments for sure personally. I yeah. will heartily believe in it. Yeah, I mean, it seems it makes total sense. I mean, you've got, and especially that the the point about you know there being no third party management and, and sort of essentially creating you know real estate and business together uh, mm -hmm. ma makes a ton of sense. So, what from a return standpoint, what would you see in you know the car wash space? It it, it maybe com compared to self storage or multifamily or something else that people might be at least a little bit more from, I think we all know what a car wash is, but it's <laughs> in, in terms of investing in them, what, what do you see from uh, a return standpoint? Well, I think the first question is to really ask is like, how is the, how is the value created, right? Because if you can understand as an investor, how the value truly is created, then you can understand, oh, great. That's how they get the returns. Right. Yeah. And so, um, one of the things, you know, I, I said that we we're able to take a lot of lessons learned from the self-storage space and technology and layer on, um, you know, our, our passive, um, investments here. But one thing is, um, moving the income from, you know, just transactional income to monthly recurring revenue. So when we acquire a, um, a location, we are going to go in, we're going to, you know, rework all of the branding. We're going to layer on our processes and procedures. And we're also going to, you know, move uh, customers from just paying per car wash, say like, I think the last time I paid for an individual car wash, I mean, I got the, I got the works, but it was 40 bucks. It was, you know, I, which is not, I mean, that's pretty pricey for a car wash. Yeah. Yeah. However, but the next time I go back, if I want that same car wash, I'm going to pay 40 bucks again. Well, we have a um, subscription model that, you know, I think the, the uh, initial subscription starts at $25 and scales up to $45. And so um, one, okay, maybe you're losing out on, you know, I, I could get more margin there, but really what happens is I, um, I actually make more and my income is stabilized across all months because your average, essentially dollar cost averaging your customer throughout the year. And so, um, you know, just that, the monthly recurring revenue is extremely powerful. Now, a lot of people might be going, wait a second, aren't you losing money? The average car wash costs about 80 cents to dollar in, you know, for an express tunnel. And that's like all your water, electricity, your chemicals that go into it. And so your average customer, you know, you know, through our data and historical data at washes their car about 1.8 times a month on a subscription. So, you know, this doesn't account for, you know, the overhead, um, you know, to run the facility, but you can see that there's even as $25 subscription level, there is very heavy margins there um, to add value. And if that's stabilized throughout the year, that's, you know, amazing. Um, we also, are able with the full, you know, the, so you can increase income, then you can decrease expenses. That's another way value is created. And a lot of these mom and pop owners, they were able, never able to scale to, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10 locations, which would be what is required of them in order to, um, you know, get buying in bulk discounts from their vendors. And so, you know, with us acquiring a larger portfolio, we're able to do that and really lower our cost across the board for all locations. Um, we're also able to, you know, get equipment, you know, discounts as well. Um, water reclamation systems, you know, we can reuse the water on site and drive our expenses down even further. Um, 
So there's that. And then there's adding the additional streams of income. You know, we can, you know, add a bunch of like kind of perks um, to the subscription, or we can even add an additional subscription, like, hey, come wash your dog <laughs> and get your car washed too. Like, which yeah. for me, I have a dog. I love, I think it's brilliant, right? It's yeah. like $200 a CapEx and, you know, <laughs> you know, you've got somebody paying $20 a month to come wash their dog, right? So it makes makes the money back very quickly. Now, the reason why I like going into that is I like investors understanding how the money is made and therefore the returns make sense. And so, you know, cash on cash, you know, your first year of stabilization, you're probably, you know, five to 7%, you know, portfolio dependent, um, you know, but we offer a 10% preferred return. Because in years three, four, and five, our cash flow is ramping up on most of our locations, like 10, 12, 15%. And so it's a very cash heavy business. Um, on the back end, you know, the returns are six, you know, we do 60, 40 to 20% IRR, 40, 60 to 30% IRR, and then 10, 90 afterwards. So we don't cap the investor in this particular um, asset class. Now, um, what does that mean for an investor? This is very conservative underwriting. And, you know, there, if you own your own car wash, you're like, man, that just, that, that seems really low. We do, we do, we put out really conservative underwriting. You know, we're probably looking at a two X equity multiple for our investors in five years. Um, however, anybody that does own their own location knows <laughs> these things make a lot more money and they do. Um, but we just want to make sure we're showing very conservative returns to our investors because if they like those returns, they're going to love it when we hit our our um, our higher leverage like exits with um, you know exiting to a private equity group or even an IPO. Yeah, sure, and and I think that of course makes sense, right? Put out you know sort of under promise and over deliver. It's 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 a much better <laughs> a much better approach to these you know attracting investors than than telling them it's going to be, you know, 30% IRR, and then you come in with 15, it, it, it you much rather set those expectations um, in, in the right direction. So is this, is this move because of sort of what's currently going on in the economy? It, or is that just, it was sort of already, we were already thinking uh, car wash, what, what was the strategy there? Is it just a diversification move? What, what was your thought process behind sort of adding in, in this, uh, additional asset class? Well, largely it was a um, diversification move. I mean, you know, the premise of our company and one of the founding principles is in the name passiveinvesting.com. So the passive investing, how can we help our investors achieve multiple streams of passive income under that, you know, you know, risk mitigated, risk adjusted returns, um, you know, under one roof. So really we had started building out um, this vertical well before any sort of recessionary environment um, took hold, but it's fortuitously timed, <laughs> um, you know, um, because, you know, uh, passive investors, they're chasing yield, right? Um, and to, to their benefit and to their detriment sometimes, but, you know, this gives them a nice alternative to invest in a operating business um, backed by real estate, uh, and, and still get a nice, healthy return, um, risk mitigated, risk adjusted return. So yeah. it's kind of a combination of all of them, you know, and it gives us another opportunity to offer a different, you know, it, for when you work with investors, 
you know, everybody comes in with their different goals. Do they want cash flow? Do they want equity? Do they want tax benefits or diversification? And sometimes if you only offer one product, it's really hard to help. You're leaving, you're, you can't help everybody that comes to you. And we really wanted to be able to do that, um, is offer multiple ways that, you know, investors can engage with us in, in our portfolio. Yeah, makes total sense. And it's, you know, diversification, people think about it a lot of times in just like different asset classes or different, even just, you know, whether it's stocks or real estate or, or whatever, but, but diversification is also extremely important, important from what you just mentioned is that you have these different investors are looking for different returns, whatever that, you know, whether it's cash on cash or it's equity, like you said, equity multiples or it's, or it's tax benefits, all of those things come into play and you may not get, you may not maximize each of them on every single investment, but different asset classes will allow you to maximize one over the other. So um, makes, makes really a lot of sense. I, I mean, I hear people, you know, talk about, well, I have investors that only care about the tax benefits, don't care if there's any cash flow. I have investors that want as much cash flow as they possibly can. And, and it just depends on where that investor is in sort of their in investment goals and, and, and what they're looking for. So yeah, at, at passiveinvesting.com, being able to offer them essentially to come at it from any angle, I think is a, is a really smart move. What uh, what are you doing from, uh, I guess, maybe differently in, in today's environment, in today's, um, I guess, recessionary economy? What's your, what's your strategies? What have you changed uh, to help combat that? Uh, personally or professionally? <laughs> Uh, I, actually, actually open to either. <laughs> I'd, I'd ha be happy to hear either one because I think both both sides of it are extremely important. Yeah. So, um, you know, personally, like as an investor, I'm looking for assets. I, it's going back to principles, right? I think you know, there's been a lot of exuberance in the market, you know, and I myself have gotten caught up in it, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, could could this investment? possibly go down. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, uh, I was just talking to a good friend of mine, you know, well known in the space, just uh, right before this call. And uh, we were talking about um, our Bitcoin mining investments. <laughs> we're like, that'll pay off one day. But yeah. today, not today. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, but we knew it when we got into it. Right. And I, but I have, I have a methodology. And so when I placed that investment, I was like, okay, I need to be able to get paid multiple ways. I thought it was going to be in cash flow, but that's not the way I'm going to be get paid. It's going to be in tax benefits. <laughs> so, right. um, but, you know, and, but that's what I encourage people to have personally is, you know, when you're investing in assets right now, go back to principles, listen to the greats, like the Carnegie's, the Rockefellers, Warren Buffett, right? Ray Dalio, they have principles they invest by, best by. And I'll go through my top seven that I like, um, and they don't deviate, right? And that is what not kept them honest, but at the same, but earning money in every single environment, you know, whether the market goes up, down or sideways, they're making money somehow and they're able to sleep at night right so for me um i'm investing in assets that have capital preservation you know if they're um it's one of the reasons why i invested in a bitcoin money fund versus bitcoin itself like i couldn't wrap my head around like bitcoin could go to zero it's like gold right like 
will the value of gold always hold? But no, I can always sell the shovel, right? That's how I kind of thought about that Bitcoin mining. Like I'm investing in the shovel. This is nervous, yeah. right? Yeah. Blockchain is not going to go away. We can always pivot this technology. Um, so there's that, right? Capital preservation. It's one of the reasons why I love real estate, um, especially over stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Um, cash flow, you know, making sure you invest in assets that have cash flow today. Um, now there, there's momentum assets, right? If you are in, have all the cash flow you want, have the portfolio built you want, and you want to start swinging for the fences um, on development deals, go for it. But if you're not there yet, think about investing in assets that have cash flow today, even if it's three, four, five percent, with a clear plan to for growth over the next few years, um, then you're you're getting paid. Um, and not only that, the cash flow is tax sheltered. Um, equity growth, right? And I'm not talking about just appreciation, but you know, forced, you know, equity growth. You know, how is the operator adding, um, you know, increasing income, decreasing expenses, and adding additional streams of income, you know, to the asset? That's one of the reasons why I really love the car wash business because it's so ripe for disruption and consolidation, and there's some great cash flow levers, great equity levers, and then my fourth pillar tax benefits. So we, you know, tax benefits, you know, make sure you are investing in assets where you get tax benefits. Now it does take the notes off the table for a lot of people. I know a lot of people really love their notes. However, what happens if your note stops paying? Because I've been in a position where my notes have stopped paying. Um, and that's what happens in this type of environment, you know, when people can't pay their bills. So make sure that you know, you've underwritten your borrower correctly if you're in notes. So, but, um, you know, tax benefits is great. Um, smart use of leverage. I think right now, this is the one where there's been a lot of exuberance for the past couple of years. And um, there is going to be a reckoning for some, some people, and especially some operators that were buying, you know, with adjusting rate mortgages, no caps, um, you know, the, the music's going to stop at some point. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of those notes are, are, are mortgages, uh, our, our loans are going to start maturing probably at the end of 2023 into early 2024. So, um, there's the opportunity isn't here yet. It's coming. So hopefully we see a lot of these operators be smart and reposition these assets in the next 12 months. <laughs> um, yeah. if not, you know, um, you know, be well positioned to play catch and help those operators out and potentially get a good deal. Um, and then that kind of, you know, we talked about inflation hedging. Um, this is, you know, if you can find an asset that cash flows, even with today's rates, lock it in. Like you are locking, even, you know, you're playing the game both ways, right? Somebody might say, well, rates might continue to go up. Fantastic. You locked in today's dollars and today's rate. What happens if rates go down? Fantastic refinance, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You win, right? Especially if you meet all those other pillars. And then um, the last one is if you know, invest with smart operators. Now, a lot of people are like, well, I'm not a passive investor. Okay, great. You need to invest in your, your own education if you are going to be the operator. So you have to invest with, with intelligent people that you know, like, and trust that have the track record to pull off uh, in, in the business sense to navigate this environment. That is 
uh, you know, like smart debt, that is, you know, probably my number two, um, you know, thing to pay attention to right now, especially in this environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, all really, really great advice. And I think uh, for sure, I mean, nobody knows, I guess no, nobody knew that this was going to happen the way it did. Nobody knows what's going to happen here. But what we do know for sure is that markets go up and down. And so, like you said, if you get, you know, yes, you might feel like this is a high rate that you're locking in now, but in reality, if it changes, you you are either happy that you locked it in or you refinance when it goes down. So it, it's it's that's a really great point just to let people know. It's like, that's not, that doesn't, you know, sort of mean forever. So it, it's kind of a, you know, being smart on the debt, lower leverage, all of that. I, I love, I love it. I love the the advice and um, both from a personal standpoint and, and a business standpoint, it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think from a business standpoint, I mean, this is a, a great, um, I heard, um, and please don't ask me the I forgot his name, <laughs> but the CEO of Home Depot, love him or hate him. Um, but, um, you know, he talked about for- fortress balance sheets, right? This is the time to, you know, have no consumer debt, you know, have all your lines of credit open and um, make sure that your, you know, your expense ratios are as low as they can be realistically. Um, and, and, you know, wait for great opportunities. That's why, he, you know, it was so interesting to me you know, oh, reserves, that's where you started, you know, make yeah. sure that you have six to 12 months of personal and business reserves. And, you know, if you need to renegotiate any debt to fixed term debt, you know, or, you know, get a, you know, a rate cap on it, do it now. This presentation I heard six months ago, um, you know, you know, make sure that you have your, your, your expenses as low as possible, but, you know, make sure you have your lines of credit open. And for me, I was like, okay, you know, lines of credit, that's great. But he was like, liquidity is key in this environment because you want to make sure that you can catch, pick up those opportunities as they come available. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might not be a, a fire hose of opportunities. Like I think investors are hoping it's going to be like 2008, nine and 10. Um, but there, there will be opportunities coming. Yeah. And so just be in a great position, you know, where you personally can pick up assets or, or you know, if you have like a, a syndicated business that you're working your list, you you're building that investor list. It's cultivated, and you're ready to go when you have a deal across your table. Yeah, no, that's that's a great advice. I think yeah, a lot a lot of people talk about the opportunities that are going to be coming, and I think again, nobody nobody knows 100 percent sure like for, for what's going to happen. But the the reality is, is if you know some people. Are going to be well positioned to grab those opportunities and that's why they're opportunity it's it's not opportunity if you can't take advantage of it right it's just here's another <laughs> here's another thing that passed you by so so being sort of ready for that um that you know event uh and i agree with you i don't think it's going to be like a fire hose of there's going to be some things here and there but yeah so then you especially need to be the person that's that's able to take advantage of those opportunities mm-hmm. yeah um, well, that's that's great, Whitney. Let, let's uh, let's switch gears. I, I I asked you the questions last time, but we'll see maybe maybe uh, if your answers have changed at all. But um, first one uh, being based on the show being know your why. So so what is your why? I, I don't. I think whys do evolve, but um, certainly uh, always always interested to hear sort of what drives people. Yeah, and I think they evolve initially when people start asking them the question because it 
how often are we, you know, I don't, I wasn't trained to know, to know my why as a kid. Like, right. I don't think I yeah. came up with the why until like 10 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, it wasn't a class in college or anything. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I mean, I'm so excited for my daughter because, you know, we're, we're training her on that now and she's 10. So I'm like, what kind of life is she going to have? Yeah. Um, so my why, um, you know, the why I do real estate invest in, in you know, invest my own personal development and, you know, those around me is, you know, I want to have those five freedoms in life and I want them for myself. I want them for my family. Um, and, you know, I, I want to have financial independence and freedom of choice, freedom of location, freedom of time and the freedom to make the in impact that I want to have in the world. Um, you know, for me, there's nothing more, you know, sad. I, I hate using that word, but, you know, for somebody who has like a great passion and gift, but they set it aside because they have to chase an income somewhere else, right? Like, how can you have all of those things? Because I truly believe you can now, like 15, 20 years ago, I thought, ask me that question. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get this done. Right. But that's where I think, you know, building up that passive income has been, you know, wholly freeing for, you know, myself, my family. And I mean, just, I, I, I love how many people's lives I've touched around me. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's truly that, that realization, uh, of, of what you can do for yourself, your family, and then, and then greater impact outside of it. It's, it's kind of, that's been for me, one of the biggest evolutions in my own why is like, this is like, this isn't, doesn't have to be just about us. Like, it doesn't have to be just that, you know, sort of my kids were the, were the, uh, spark that sort of lit the fire sent me in that direction but like then i realized okay yes they're 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 top of the list but but there's a lot a lot bigger ways of thinking in terms of impact that you can have so um makes total sense um any new skills or hobbies i always, <laughs> always ask people about uh you know sort of their their hidden talent or what but anything anything new you're you're working on uh i guess personally outside of business uh, well, I mean, it actually is tied to business. It's tied to, to the impact I want to create in the, on the world. Um, I'm writing a book. It's been accepted by the publishers. So hopefully we can see that soon. Yeah. Um, as far as skills, um, I've had a bit of a humbling over the past couple of years with like some, you know, orthopedic health issues and nothing like major, but, you know, um, uh, I am doing a lot more hiking and walking um, as my knee recovers. And so for me, um, that that's been amazing. Uh, I'm like, oh, I can have more time back if I'm not like a complete nut running up a mountain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, certainly balance uh, balancing that side of things. Um, when people hear this, what what's the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, you can reach out to me at PassiveInvestingWithWhitney.com. Um, there I have some free goodies for everybody about um, how to get in, started in passive investing and go into your next deal or first or next deal with confidence. Um, also, you can uh, get access to my calendar if you'd like to jump on a quick phone call, talk about real estate, you know, how passive in real estate might help you. Also talk about car washes as well. Um, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn, but PassiveInvestingWithWhitney.com is probably the best place. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. Um, final question for you, Whitney. Uh, advice to people getting started. You can go at that from a, as a passive investor angle, as an active investor angle, however you'd like to take it. Yeah. So I think it's it, it comes down to mindsets 
skills and networks, right? And then we might have covered this um, at the, you know, in, in our last show, but I, I think it's always worth hammering home is that you, um, once you understand your why, or at least start getting clarity on it and, and continue to ask that question, um, what do you want and why do you want it? Those two questions, you know, regularly until you kind of like nail it. Um, then it comes down to the execution, mindset, skills, and networks. And if you're finding yourself stuck, you got to go back um, I and not just look at the, your skills and network, but go back and look at your mindset. I mean, that for me has been kind of like my like learning mantra over the past like three months is, you know, I, I feel like I have a, a very solid mindset, but there was a couple of areas in my life that I was stuck. And then I'm like, wait a second, if I shift my my the way I look at this, I'm like, oh, now it's freeing. I can, you know, I can now move forward. Now I know what skills I need to acquire and who I need to bring into my world in order to get this done. So, um, can you just, you know, you know, what do you want? What do you want? Why do you want it? And then go after the mindset skills and networks that you need to get it done. Yeah. Love that advice. Um, listen, thank you for coming and talking to me today. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for coming back on. I, I appreciate it. It's a, always a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you so much. This has been great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and people listening, when you hear this episode, um, please uh, like, rate, and review us. I'm sure um, that will help us get more great guests like Whitney. All right. Have a great day, everyone. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.